the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Continuing the series on the character of God, this week Dave looks into the compassion of the Lord. The main reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Amen. So last week we were looking at uh, the character of God, we were looking at his loving kindness, his strong, steadfast, stubborn love, we said the covenant love that he is full of, he's abundant in, and uh, it was a good job for Israel, and it's a good job for us, he is, his, his loving kindness, and uh, then we looked at his mercy last week, and uh, again we thank God for his mercy, without, again, without which we would be still lost and undone, that is our only plea, isn't it, is his compassion, his pity for us, not getting what we deserved, and we looked at his mercy, we praise him for it, we plead for it, we pray for it, and uh, we looked at all those people who prayed, and, and uh, that personal understanding that David said, look, I will put myself in the mercy of the Lord, <laughs> don't let me go into the folly hands of man, let me fall into the hands of God's mercy. And tonight we're looking at comfort, the comfort of the Lord, we just read it, 2 Corinthians 1, the father of comfort, uh, the father of mercy, Father of mercy, Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. Um, definition, dictionary definition, consolation, relief and affliction, cause of satisfaction, soothing grief, giving ease. That's the dictionary, that's our word natural. But we look at the, the, uh, the, the biblical term, which means someone coming alongside. It's, it's, the, it's called the paraclete, someone who walks alongside, speaks on your behalf, intercedes, advocate. It's a beautiful picture. Some, and the other word is speaking quietly into one's ear I like that um, now sometimes he, he's got a shout of knee but uh, that's not his usual he, he just wants to be able to whisper into eye this is the way walking in it um, sadly we get a bit deaf sometimes don't we um, but God is good so the first thing we must note is we are destined definite the certainty of trials testings tribulations pressures and pressing that is the first certainty um okay so let's just make sure we understand that john 16 verse 33 these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you have tribulations but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so there's there's a guarantee from the lord and we looked at not just too long ago on sunday morning um as c.s lewis he said god's megaphone God's megaphone to do lots of different uh, particular specific works in our lives to point in, in our direction. Sometimes we're going in the wrong way and God says, look, why aren't you listening? And sometimes you've got to put something across our path to point us in the direction, to probe us, to inspect us. Um, uh, there's nothing like um, seeing what's in us when the heat is turned up, isn't it? I, I could easily say to you, I'm a, a wonderfully patient person, full of tolerance and... Um, doesn't matter what the wife does or what anyone does in work, I keep I keep an even keel. And uh, you be very careful because something will happen. I'll be a bit tired. The wife will say something or I'll go into work and someone will do something and, and uh, that'll show. And the Lord allows those things. To, why? Because he's in the business of changing us. He loves us too much to leave us as, he, as we are, isn't it? Because if we left as we are, we, we, we're not going to show him more. Um, so purify us, of course. Um, how do you purify it? metals or anything? Stick it in the fire. Put it in to get the heat up, get the heat up, to protect us, to protect us. He does that. Um, sometimes he just wants us, look, uh, I'm going this way, and sometimes we don't know where, what's happening, but in eternity, 
We will see, we will see. And ultimately to perfect us, to bring perseverance and really the proclamation of the gospel. See, people, if we are saved, people are watching us, looking at us, and we are not immune from anything, in a sense, uh, in this world, are we? We go through certainly the same things, because the Bible says, man built a house on the rock, house built on the sand, the rains came and the rivers and the storms fell on both. But the only wonderful thing is God is sovereign. We've given him our lives. There's nothing in our lives that he's, he hasn't said, okay. We love that. We love, well, we love reading about Job. We don't want to go through what Job went. We love reading about him. And he said, and the devil said, ah, oh, you've got a big edge around him. He's protected. It's a beautiful picture. And it didn't until the Lord says, okay, I'll allow it. Um, or I'll send it, depending how he's, how, 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 what God's got doing. But the first thing that it is going to be difficult is, therefore, we need the consolation, the exhortation, the comfort, the encouragement. We need someone to come alongside us. And uh, first we realize that God is the God of all comfort. He's a great God, isn't he? Uh, let's read um, Psalm 86, 15 to 17. But you, O Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it. And be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Great psalm by David. Um, and again, remember, he's, he's taken that, remember we talked about praying the, the God's word. He's taken that particular character from Exodus 34. We read it last two weeks, didn't we? Lord, I want to see your glory, Lord. What, your presence. The Lord, the Lord, the gracious, the merciful one, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he quotes it there, David. He says, thank you, Lord, you have helped me, you protect me, and you are the one that have come alongside me. We, we know they love that lovely story when uh, he was going away fighting, supposedly fighting with the Philistines, and the Philistine chief said, what is he doing with you? Akish, yeah. shouldn't it? And he said, get him back. He, he's going to turn against us. So he goes back, and of course, when they come back to their town where they were, Ziklag, right. uh, there was nothing left. The Amalekites had gone through, taken all their wives and children, all their goods, and they're gone. And uh, it's amazing how quickly men, and, and we forget, the first thing they said, we're going to sort our David out, but we followed him. <laughs> and, and remember who they were. The Bible says those who were down, in debt, depressed, those are the ones who, who followed him initially. That's the band of rabble he had. And he galvanized them, and he put some life into them, and they could see the mark of the Lord. But as soon as something went wrong, I'm not even going to sort him out. And we see why David, again, he's, he's a man we look to, to for some pointers in life. And the Bible says he went with the Lord, along with the Lord, and strengthened himself in the Lord. He goes along with the Lord. Why? Because only he, in that moment, he had no friends left, did he? And his wives and children were gone, and he was there. He strengthened himself, the comfort of the Lord. Um, and that's, that's really a good question. Where do we go for our counsel and comfort? So often we go here, there, and everywhere. And um, James 5 says, uh, we, we, we call it the default position. When everything's turned back and when everything's gone down, what is our, our default position? Where do we go? And he said, look, if you're in trouble, pray. If you're happy, praise the Lord. If you're sick, call the elders of the church to come and pray for you. There's, he said, there's your default position. If you're in trouble, pray. Get before the Lord and get the comfort of the Lord. God is our God who comes alongside. He's the God who comforts us. 
Let's read these lovely verses, Isaiah 66, 12, 13. Uh, for this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. It will nurse and be carried on her arm, and dangled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforter over Jerusalem. So, so God uses the lovely picture, doesn't he? Um, of course, he is a father, but he uses that picture of, of uh, the comfort from a mother. Well, only a mother can give. Um, as fathers, we don't usually comfort too much, do we? Sometimes. Depends. Um, but um, if, you, if you really want that comfort, you go to your mother, don't you? And uh, we have that picture. You, she'll dangle you on, on her lap, and there'll be comfort. And only as a mother comforts you, I will comfort you. Beautiful picture of, of the Father, of, of God himself. Um, the Old Testament word for comfort is to sigh uh, strongly, to breathe strongly. We, we understand that. It's pity, console, sorrow. The New Testament, as we just said, is uh, um, to encourage, to comfort, to call alongside. It's really also a legal term in a court of justice to denote a legalist, a counsel for defense, an advocate, one who pleads another cause, an intercessor, an advocate. And although God is called the counselor, so is Jesus. 1 John 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propiti propitiation of our sins, and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So we have a comforter, we have a counselor, an advocate with us in, in heaven for us. And it's a good job, as we said Sunday, because if we're standing there before the Lord with our sin, there's no lawyer, there's no advocate, we have no defense. There's no defense. But we have an advocate. Jesus, our comforter. Jesus, our comforter. Um, of course, ultimately, Jesus said this. Um, and also, we talk comforter, but the, the, um, the Hebrews all, also give the word, uh, for this particular word, menahem, uh, which really is, is also given to the Messiah. That's their word comfort, and they, they applied it to the Messiah would be the comforter. The Messiah would be the counselor. But of course, Jesus, didn't he say, as we'll read in a moment, I go away and I'll send you another counselor, another comforter. Um, that particular word means exactly the same as. Now, if you remember your maths, remember the isosceles triangle? What's the isosceles triangle, God? Two equal sides, remember? Two equal sides, isos. That's the word we get it from. Exact, I send another, exactly the same as. So when, we, when people say, oh, well, the, the Trinity, Trinity, look, Jesus, God the Comforter, Jesus the Advocate, there's another counselor coming, exactly the same as me, but a little bit different because he's now going to be in you. Um, so uh, John 14, 15 to 18. It's a wonderful promise to us, isn't it? We are not alone, and sometimes when we feel alone, 
That's our feelings, not the fact of the matter. If we are his, he's always with us. We'll read that at the end. He's with us, he's in us, he's there to pick us up. He's there to dust us down, the, the psalmist says, and send, our, uh, send us on our way again. If we fall seven times, the body said, he'll pick us up, send us on our way. Why? Because he's with us. And more than that, he's in us. And to, pick, to comfort us, to come alongside us, to come alongside us. Thankfully, uh, when we look at Jesus himself, but his, when we see Jesus walking, the, walking on earth, we see him coming alongside people, um, having time for people, um, speaking words of comfort. He was not only comfort himself, his very words were comfort. Uh, Matthew 9, 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith and made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Uh, in that moment, <coughs> when she was exposed, let me tell you, she was afraid. Mm. But she shouldn't have been there. She certainly shouldn't have been touching anybody. So she was in real trouble. <coughs> but thankfully, the Lord turns around and said, Daughter. I love straight away. That's wonderful, isn't it? Be of good comfort. Be of good. I, 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 you've touched me, and now I touch you. I come alongside you. I comfort you. Um, Luke 8. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Their daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Be of good Do not be afraid. Just wonderful words. His words bring comfort. That's why it's so important to get into the word. That's why it's so important to get into his presence because God is the God of comfort, Holy Spirit in us. Um, I, I love the, <clears throat> even in every situation, God is the one who comes alongside us to pick us up and send. Uh, what does the psalm said? Even your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Of course, the one was used just to protect, wasn't it? One was, the other one used to correct. One was used to protect from any, any animals. The other one was used to prod him, wasn't it? Getting out of line, a bit of a prod there, just to make sure he's staying in line, staying with the flock, staying right. So even in those situations, Lord, you're for my comfort. You are for my comfort, his words. But you know what? Because of that, uh, let's read, let's read uh, Romans 15 as well. Romans 15. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. He, he translates the same encouragement there. That's another translation for the word coming alongside. He uses it, God's word, Everything is written, what? Everything is written to, in the past, for our comfort, for our encouragement, but also the God of comfort. Let him come, let him come alongside and comfort us and uh, be with us. But more than that, if God is our comfort, if Christ is comfort, if the Holy Spirit in us is our comfort, then we should be also to one another. And uh, that's why it's important to be together, to be together. Uh, Colossians 4, 7 and 8. For my state shall Tishikas declare unto you, who is a beloved brother, 
and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Tychicus, dear brother, faithful servant, fellow servant, I'm sending you. Why? To tell you, but also to come alongside you. To come alongside you, to comfort you. Um, Paul understood that. He understood being, we read it in Timothy, uh, he understood being betrayed and uh, being left alone. And he understood the power of when someone came and came alongside and lifted his spirits. And, you know, if, if we separate ourselves from fellowship, there'll only be one way it'll be going down but you know it's amazing we can come into church someday and think i don't want to really be here but then something someone will say someone will pray someone will read the word some something will happen and oh thank you lord i'm glad i came i'm glad i came because you just spoke to me you just lifted you you comforted me um two corinthians seven on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. So we see Paul, he's very honest, isn't he? Um, in, in 2 Corinthians 1, he's very honest. He said, I despaired even of life. Well, that's, that's a... That's a a clear picture of, of depression there in Paul. Um, and you, you're saying, look, I was harassed, pressed, pressure, afflicted, conflicts outside, fears within, he said. But God who comforts the downcast. You see, what did we say uh, before? How can you see the lily of the valley unless you go into the valley? Um, and because he was down there, he, he said, I know the Lord will come alongside because God is in the business of getting us to a place where we are absolutely dependent on him. Um, when we talked about that particular thing of brokenness before him, see the Lord loves a broken and contrite heart. He will not despise. But so often we can go our own way, do our own thing, live in our own strength. We can go throughout the day so often without leaning on him, without trusting him, without talking to him. But the Lord is saying, no, no, I don't want that. I want you to lean on me. Absolutely, if I've got to get you to that place, you're harassed, helpless, downcast. And he comforted me. God comforted me. How did he do that? By the coming of Titus. By the coming of Titus. And him telling me about your faith and your love and your concern for me. It's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, that we can actually do the Lord's work through us. That's what the Lord is after, isn't he? We are his hands and his feet, his mouthpiece. And so often, so they're lifting we can sometimes bring down, but that the power of fellowship is to lift, is to come alongside. The, the, the particular purpose of prophecy. What is the particular purpose of prophecy? Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 14, we'll have verse 3 and then 31. But he who prophesies, prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. For you can all prophesy one by one. That, you, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So the, the particular purpose of, <coughs> of uh, prophecy is what? Edification, exhortation, encouragement. Um, building up, coming alongside, and actually that, that other word there is to whisper, to be whispering to our ears the word of the Lord. And that's what, that's what prophecy is there to do, is to really come alongside us. Um, I, not not necessarily lovely words sometimes, isn't it? Because to build sometimes, you've got to really speak 
<laughs> speak strongly into our situation, isn't it? Sometimes we're going to say, look, you haven't been doing anything. You haven't been building like you should be. Come on, build, build. But we, we, uh, I, I love that verse there. Everyone, everyone can prophesy. Let's not hinder the work of the Spirit. Let's again stir that in us that God's used us before. Let's God use us again. And uh, we can encourage each other. Sometimes just by being. Uh, I think of Job. And uh, for, for the first week, his friends, his, his friends did quite well, didn't they? They stayed quiet. <laughs> and um, as I was just finishing this book off by Ravi about um, suffering and things, he said sometimes the best thing we can do is just come alongside and just say, just be, be, and just be be there for someone. There's a time to speak, isn't it? I always remember, um, I remember him coming and he said his mum died quite young. And um, of course, some of the church were saying this and that. He said, but you know, the ones he really appreciated and listened to is the ones who baked him, a, him and his brother baked him a, a, a pie or baked him a tart or baked him a cake he said that's the ones he said because he didn't just because i can come along and say oh you know come on uh, but he said there's times for that but ultimately there's a little girl and um in in the neighborhood and her little friend next door died and uh she was coming from school and she went into the house and she she came late and mom said where have you been she said oh, i've been next door what have you been next door for? I've been comforting the mother. She said, well, how can you do that? What could you say? Oh, she said, I didn't say anything. I said, I sat in her lap and we cried together. Aww. And uh, you see, that, that, that's amazing, isn't it? That we, if we, see, Jesus came, didn't he? And the first thing he did at that funeral was Jesus wept. Lots of reasons why he wept. We looked at those before. But he, he was moved with compassion. And that's where we are. We can be the source of the life to those around us. Some people, um, we need to bring the prophetic word, of course. But there's sometimes just our presence and the presence of the Lord in us. Um, <coughs> but his word, of course, we just look. Let's read uh, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5, 10 and 11. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore... Encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So comfort each other, edify each other. Just in the chapter before, he's talking about the second coming, the rapture, and he said, look, comfort each other with these words. What he was saying, look, this isn't it. This is temporal. In a moment, in a twinkling of eye, we'll be in glory. And what a place that'll be. No more heartache, no more, no more coughs, no more colds, no more aches, no more pains. Bless the Lord. Hey, you ever thought you wanted to run? You can run and run and never get out of breath. Bless the Lord. A wonderful place. And he said, encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other. Take hold of my word. Again, the word of the Lord in our hearts. So it'll be on our lips. The word of the Lord on our lips. Get in perspective in all circumstances. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12. Because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. <coughs> that is why, for Christ's sake, 
I delighted in weaknesses, in uninsults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, now, I, I don't know about you, but I'm nowhere near there. Um, but he said, I delight in those. Why? Because I, I'm receiving from the Lord. I'm in that place where I have to receive from the Lord. Otherwise, I'm not going to cope, he said. And we, we, right at the beginning of the chapter, he said, it, it, I have to come to the end of myself. So I, the beginning of the Lord, to receive it. He said, now everything, the difficulties that come in my way, which I know are coming. He said, remember, he said, wherever I'm going, he said, I know difficulties are going to come. The Lord's told me. And I'm going the other way. He said, but that nothing phases me but to <coughs> preach the gospel. I'm going to live for it. I'm going to die for it because it's worth it. And uh, he said, now I've got great perspective. Why? Because when I'm weak, he gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. And uh, that's what we want. Um, so that's great perspective when we see that we're in his presence, in his word, the power of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord. He's alongside us. He's not just alongside us. He's in us. Um, and the presence of the Lord, of course, is always with us, Hebrews 13. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He'll never leave us. Never. That's why he said, now I can declare. Picks up the Psalms again. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my the one who's going to lift me, help me, hold me. He's my helper. Therefore, I will not fear. Nothing. The constancy of the Lord. That's why if you look at the psalm, may look at this in a few weeks' time, how David called the Lord so many different words. The defense, his fortress, his hiding place, his refuge, his shield, judge the widow, father, <coughs> father to the fatherless. But our question is tonight, who do we go to for our comfort? Um, and God will, I tell you, he'll get us to a place where not even our closest family will help us. We've got to get before the Lord and just uh, just be in his presence because they, don't, they can't understand. Sometimes we can't even share with them the things that we're thinking and we're going through. But that's why we need to come to the Lord. And that's why he's always there, always there. But more than that, we are givers of comfort. That's why, you know, when we come to the house of the Lord, Lord let me bring something. Let me stir my, Let me bring a, a, a verse of scripture. Let me bring a prophetic word because there's someone there that needs it. There's always someone who needs the word of the Lord, isn't it? Thankfully, you can use anybody in anything. I've told you this story before, but it, it's a great picture of how, how our words can change and affect. Douglas was 15, and uh, he wasn't. He'd been feeling quite ill for a few days. His temperature was running uh, into the hundred, early hundreds. Um, he was suffering. Fever, so eventually his mother said, "Look, we need to go to um, forget the doctors. Let's go to A and E." They go to A and E, did some um, tests, and found that Douglas had leukemia. And uh, the doctor came in, and he was pretty, pretty blunt. I don't know much. Some I've got a lot of bedside manners, but he said, "Look, this is this is going to be tough." The next few years, it's going to be really tough. We're going to give you chemotherapy. You're going to destroy all your immune system. You're going to go. You're going to be bald. Which at 15, I suppose it's quite not our age, mm. but he's going to be bald, you're going to be bloated, it's going to be painful, we're going to find a bone marrow transplant for you, and it's going to be really tough. <laughs> um, and off he went. Douglas, from that moment on, went into severe depression. Um, and uh, nothing, could, nothing could face him. His, his family would come in and try and cheer him up, and um, uh, they sent uh, uh, a teacher in to help him, and but nothing, 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 nothing would lift his spirits. His aunt heard about it. 
So his aunt, for some unknown reason, sends a 15-year-old boy some flowers. <laughs> Send me the chocolates, eh? Forget about the flowers. But that's what his aunt did. Um, she went to a particular florist and uh, sent him some flowers. And the flowers came in and he wasn't that impressed, of course. He read the card and it's from aunt so-and-so. And, you know, thank, you know, thanks, thanks, auntie, for sending me some flowers. But there was another card, a second card, on the flowers. He thought, oh, that's it. Why did, she, why did she write two cards? And as she opened the card, it wasn't from her aunt, it was from, uh, this is what it said, Douglas, I took your order. I work at the florist. Um, I'm the young girl who works there. I had leukemia when I was seven. Now I'm 22. See, my heart goes out to you. Sincerely, Laura Bradley. You know what? Just those simple words, his face lit up and he turned the corner from his depression why? Because all the doctors, all the millions of pounds of worth of effort they'd putting in and the machine, all those things, even his family couldn't lift him. But the words of a simple young girl working in a florist, let, let her heart be moved and thought, well, I'll just write a note. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? What if she hadn't written that note? Or she hadn't followed, well, you know, I don't know if she was saved, but <coughs> the Lord's prompting to... Um, to do that. And so we need to be sensitive to the Lord, isn't it? Because we are of the words of eternal life. We have the words of eternal life with us, in us, through us. And we can change the course of people's lives. Certainly, as we so often say, change the course of their destiny. Um, so the comfort of the Lord tonight, he's the one who comes alongside. So whenever we get to those places, which we will, we say, Lord, end of myself. There's the place God will be. If we will but ask him. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.